Hello listeners, welcome back to the, to welcome back to another podcast of the subtle arts of not giving a fuck. Oh my god, this COVID-19 is such a nightmare, what can I say that, but I am very hopeful and I am very positive that together we will defeat this COVID-19 soon and we will hear the news that the world is free of COVID-19 now. But for this, we have to stay together, staying at home and taking all the precautions which, which, which are helpful, which are helpful in defeating this COVID-19. So guys, uh, save your life by staying at home, love your life, love your loved ones because they are very precious to you and you are very precious to them with this let's get started the chapter number five of the subtle art of not giving a fuck and the caption for this is you are always choosing imagine that somebody put a gun to your head and tells that you have to run 26.2 miles in under five hours or else he would kill you and your entire family Ooh, that would suck Now imagine that you bought nice shoes and running gear, trained religiously for the months and completed your first marathon with all of your closest family and friends, cheering you on at the finish line. That could potentially be one of the proudest moments of your life. Exact same 26.2 miles, exact same person running them, exact same pain coursing through your exact same legs. But when you chose it freely and prepared for it, it was a glorious and important milestone in your life. When it was forced upon you against your will, it was one of the most terrifying and painful experiences of your life. Often the only difference between a problem being painful or being powerful is a sense that we chose it and that we are responsible for it. If we are miserable in your If uh, you are miserable in your current situation, chances are it's because you feel like some part of it is outside your control, that there's a problem you have no ability to solve a problem that was somehow thrust upon you without your choosing. When you feel that we are choosing our problems, we feel empowered. When we feel that our problems are being forced upon us against our will, We feel victimized and miserable. The choice. William James had problems, really bad problems. Although born in a wealthy and prominent family from birth, James suffered life-threatening health issue, an eye problem that left him temporarily blinded as a child, a terrible stomach condition that caused excessive vomiting and forced him to adopt an obscure and highly sensitive diet. Trouble with his hearing, back span so bad that for a days at a time he often couldn't sit or stand upright. Oh, that's a bad situation, guys. Due to these health problems, James spent most of his time at home. He didn't have many friends and he wasn't particularly good at school. Instead, he passed the days painting. That was the only thing he liked and the only thing he felt particularly good at. Unfortunately, nobody else thought he was, a go- he was good at it. When he grew to adulthood, nobody bought his work. And as the years dragged on, his father, a wealthy businessman, began ridicul- ridiculing him 
for uh, for his laziness and his lack of talent meanwhile his younger brother Henry James went on to become a world-renowned novelist. His sister Alice James made a good living as a writer as well as William was the family oddball, the black sheep. In desperate attempts to salvage the young man's future, James' father used his business connection to get him admitted into the Harvard Medical School. It was his last chance for his father told him if he screwed this up, there was no hope for him. But James never felt at home or at a peace at Harvard. Medicines never appealed to him. He spent the whole time feeling like a fake and fraud. After all, if he couldn't overcome his own problems, how could he ever hope to have the energy to help others with theirs? After touring a psychiatrist facility one day, James amused in his diary that he felt that he had more in common with the patient than with the doctors. A few years went by and, again to his father's disapproval, James dropped out of the medical school. But rather than deal with the brunt of his father's wrath, he decided to go away. He signed up to join an anthropological expedition to the Amazon's rainforest. Wow, that's a good decision. Rainforest? Amazons, that is a truly good decision. Oh, let's get started. This was in 1860s, so his travel was difficult and dangerous. If you ever played the computer game. Oregon trial when you were a kid. It was a kind of like that with the with the dysentery and droning oxen and everything. Anyway, James made it all the way to the Amazon. Where the real adventure was to begin, surprisingly, his fragile health held up that whole way. But once he finally made it on on the first day of expedition, he promptly contracted smallpox and nearly died in the jungle. Then his back spams returned painful to the point of making James unable to walk. But this time he was amicated and starved from the smallpox immobilized by his bad back and left alone in the middle of the South America, the rest of the expedition having gone on without him. Oh, that's pity, with no clear way to get home. A journey that would take months and likely kill him anyway. But somehow he eventually made it back to the new land. Oh, sorry, back to the New England where he was greeted by an even more disappointed father. Oh. But at this point the young man wasn't so young anymore. Nearly 30 years old, still unemployed. A failure at every time he had attempted with a body that routinely betrayed him and wasn't like to ever get Better. Despite all the advantages and opportunities he had been given in the life, everything had fallen apart. The only constant in his life seemed to be suffering and disappointment. James fell into a deep depression and began making plans to take his own life. But one night, while reading lectures by the philosopher Charles Pierce, James decided to conduct a little experiment. In his diary, he wrote that he would spend one year believing that he was 100% responsible for everything that occurred in his life, no matter what. During this period, he would do everything in his power. 
to change his circumstances. So, no matter the likelihood of the failure, if nothing improved in the years, then it would be apparent that he was utterly powerless to the circumstances around him, and then he would take his own life. The punchline. William James went on to become the father of the American psychology. His work has been translated into Brazilian's language. Oh, and he's regarded as one of the most influential intellectual philosopher psychologists of his generation. Wow. He would go on to teach at Harvard and would tour much of the United States and European giving lectures. He would marry and have five children, one of whom Henry would become a famous biographer and win a ah, Pulitzer Prize. James James would later refer to his little experiment as his rebirth and would credit it with everything that he later accomplished in his life. There is a simple realization from which all personal improvement and growth emerges. This is the realization that we individually are responsible for everything in our lives, no matter the external circumstances. We don't always control what happened to us, but we always control how we interpret what happened to us as well as how we respond. Whether we consciously recognize it or not, we are always responsible for our experiences. It is impossible not to be. Choosing to not consciously interpret even events in our lives is still is an interpretation of the events of our lives. Choosing to not respond to the event in our lives is still a response to the event in our lives. Even if you get run, o- run over by a clown car and pissed on by a bus loaded of the school children, it's still your responsibility to interpret the meaning of the event and choose a response. Whether we like it or not, we are always taking an active role in what's occurring to and within us. We are always interpreting the meaning of every moment and every occurrence. We are always choosing the values by which we live and the metric by which we measure everything that happened to us. Often the small event can be a good or bad, depending on the metric we choose to use. The point is, we are always choosing, whether we recognize it or not. Always. It comes back to how in reality there is no such thing as not giving a single fuck. It's impossible. We must all give a fuck about something. To not give a fuck about anything is still to give a fuck about something. The real question is, what we are choosing to give a fuck about? What values we are choosing to base our actions on what metrics are we choosing to use to measure our lives and are those good choices good values and good metrics think about it audience i hope you're gonna enjoy this episode because if we are quarantined at home so this is the best time we should choose what we are we should choose those values what we are capable of i hope you are going to enjoy this episode thank you very much for listening this